welcome to Vassal's King's Grave. Uh, this is your dessert course for the Game of Thrones reviews. My name is Glenn Dagoshrevis from the podcast Face and Fire forums. Hey, it's Hannah Shadow Baby on the forums. So we did actually record an episode last week. So this is the Wolfcast edition of the recordings. Last week we actually did, Hannah and I recorded a, an hour and 20 minutes of magic so a huge recording on episode one the the trouble is that the recording didn't go to plan <laughs> i'm not sure what happened but it was a disaster the recording is <laughs> a lot of my points and hannah hannah's points were sort of speeded up so <laughs> it you can't even make out what we're seeing on the recording so that's why that wasn't released so we decided today um, that we're going to do a double episode review, so episode one and two, to make up for that. You can look for it on the Darkling Plane. That's right. If I mean, I still have it just now. I was sort of tempted to release it as a bonus episode, <laughs> but then I thought there's no point because you can't even make out what I'm seeing or most of what Hannah's saying. <laughs> I think because are you short on time? <laughs> well, we've got a podcast <laughs> for you. <laughs> I think because it was recorded from my computer, that's why you can't really make out anything that I'm seeing. But there's parts of what Hannah sees that you can make out on it. Maybe if you just like do some crystal math or something, it'll be fine. I did. Try... It'll all make sense. Oh, you know, I did. This was hilarious. <laughs> I did try and. I tried to adjust the audio on the files, so... Oh, God, I, I thought you were going to say I did try oh, no, no. <laughs> I was like, no, Glenn, no! So I, um, there's a, a feature on Skype that you can use... Sorry, on Audacity that you can use, and I changed the speed of the file, thinking that because it was sort of, like, speeded up and you can't make out what I'm saying, that... If I reduced the speed, then you would, it would work out better, but it did it did not work mm-hmm. that way <laughs> at all. Now, we have a saying in audio, you can't polish a turd. Mm. It just gets messier. Although I bet it sounded really funny. <laughs> Although, one, one thing before we talk about the reviews for game of thrones uh there is the podcast awards if you hadn't you know as if you hadn't heard enough about that this month <laughs> it's it's coming towards the end of the month so that's why we've we're just doing that last push towards votes because we're desperate for, for votes for the podcast awards uh, so you can there's still time there's up until the 31st of july that you can still go to podcastawards.com uh, you'll see a form of 15 other podcasts that include people's choice politics movies film and tv so vassals of king's grave uh, would like you to nominate us for film and tv and people's choice if you would be kind enough to give us your votes that would be excellent but if not then there's plenty of podcast well it's an excellent way for you to of course recognize all the podcasts you love yourself although just vote for us please 
Yeah. That's the headline. It is, yep. <laughs> Game of Thrones returned, and not surprisingly, it outshone all the other previous episodes of Game of Thrones history in terms of viewing numbers. So that's one thing that I like to do, just give you an update on, of course, the the show, um, how that's doing in terms of audience, share, ratings. So it returned to the UK, and that had the highest launch of any episode in the past, so 2.84 million viewers. Now, once you add in all the on-demand on content, everyone that's recording or watching through on-demand, then it's 4.5 million people had watched the, the opening episode. Uh, so that's um, just about half of everyone that was able to watch it, because it's on a platform called Sky, um, and there's only nine, ten million customers with Sky. And then with America, it was it opened with 10.1 million. That's just the people that own an HBO account. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, is it? And that's not counting. Illegal like, piracy, you mean? Well, no, I mean like, okay, so I own the account, but then my friends watch with me. Oh, true. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like... I'd say probably for every one of those account holders, there's at least two or three other people sharing the experience. Because even if like you own your own account, for us, it's like we want to watch it together anyway. So only one of us is logging in at the time. You know, I cannot believe that, I mean, this, this happened a few years ago, but it was still like I couldn't believe it at the time. So I went over to Ireland. Um, my grandmother had passed away and went over to mm -hmm. Ireland. This was about five, six years ago. It was series two of Game of Thrones. I remember I watched the first episode of Game of Thrones. Um, sorry, the first episode of series two Game of Thrones at my aunt's house when I was staying there because I was like oh please can we watch game of thrones and eventually they caved in <laughs> and let me watch that um fyi they didn't like it i don't know if things have changed since then or not but i said to my uncle the next day that oh we watched um game of thrones and he was like never heard of it <laughs> and i was like what it's filmed in belfast it, no it's isn't it? It's filmed in Belfast, isn't mm -hmm. it? Yes. Yeah, like there are studios in Belfast and then they have some locations that are like outside of town. Well, anyway, it's filmed in Northern Ireland. It's close by. You should know this, especially because it's filmed. He's like, yeah, but that's Northern Ireland. Yeah, especially <laughs> because it is filmed in Northern Ireland. Just couldn't believe that, that he had never heard of it. And it was even though it wasn't as big as it is now, it was still quite big at the time. What part of Ireland is your family from? Belfast. Oh, so they are Northern yeah. Ireland. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, you'd think definitely. Yeah, he definitely should have known. I'm from San Diego and I've never been to Comic-Con, so I can also see him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I've heard of it, you know. <laughs> Just never been able to afford to go. <laughs> I'm I'm sure that there's I've heard of things like um 
like all the big shows that I mean there's not many but um, all the big shows over here that are Scottish based I mean they're filmed in Glasgow or they're filmed in Edinburgh so I'm sure I've heard of them if <laughs> someone brings them up to me is Outlander filmed over there? It's um, I can't actually remember if it is, but I, I've heard of Outlander. I wouldn't be like, oh, what's Outlander? <laughs> I, some people are into pop culture though, and some people That's aren't. That's true. Like my mom, she was always really great at trivia. Like we'd watch Jeopardy, but then there'd be whole categories where she's like, "How in the hell could you possibly know that?" And I'm like, "How could you not?" Like. <laughs> <laughs> This is current affairs. Different strokes, I guess. Yeah, true. I love that show. <laughs> episode one. Um, highlights from episode one. Um, let's see. I really enjoyed how little exposition there was. Things were just happening. Like, Bran and Mira were just at the wall. We didn't have to have another fucking scene of them getting there. Because, like, when they left off last season, so they can see the wall in the distance. Which is also, like, why didn't you fucking take them closer? But whatever. And I just thought, I swear to God, if it opens up with a scene of them going through the forest toward the wall, I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) Like, just get there already so it was really nice that like they just got there we didn't have to see Danny's ship still heading toward Dragonstone she was just fucking there that reminds me of I'm um, tired of that oh yeah that reminds me of our conversation last week about Daenerys as well that there's no whereas I was expecting maybe a few episodes where it would be traveling overseas until they eventually reach. She's been traveling for six fucking years. <laughs> we don't need any more traveling. So it was Stop it. Just a simple, they're there. And then the closing line is, shall we begin? So after six <laughs> years of nothing happening, it's time to begin mm-hmm. and get this underway. Yeah. And I'm hoping that kind of will inform the book more or less i mean obviously she's like still in the dothraki sea so i have to go through all that but i'm hoping it is suggesting that her story will pick up the pace a little bit because enough's enough um i sort of don't like the whole ed sheeran things that i mean i think actually the public have made it more than what it needed to be so like ed sheeran's just like stolen the attention from the show like Everywhere was talking about Ed Sheeran's cameo in the show, and it's like if not if not as many people had talked about it, then it wouldn't have been such a big thing. Yeah, and like I don't know who the fuck Ed Sheeran is. Uh, he's some singer, I guess. And it was beautiful, like their version of the King's Hand or whatever it is, Tyrion's song. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful, and I I enjoyed it. But if no one had made a big deal out of it, I wouldn't have known or given a fuck. Like, it was not. It would, you know, honestly, though, it would have felt really out of place because it did anyway. It seemed out of place. Like, he was a bit too groomed to be traveling the roads. Right. 
and just yeah that kind of felt forced i enjoyed the song and i did enjoy the statement they're making about our because like so many people in the fandom keep calling her a psychopath and to me she's not she does not just kill randomly with impunity she has always killed in either self-defense or for justice and this is a world where justice is not being served through the proper channels and you do have to go vigilante she's never just like oh my god i love killing and she's not unfeeling and so i did like how they chose to depict that as a moment of like here's her enemies and she quickly realizes they're not her enemies they're just people who what happened to be born in the westerlands and what options do they have defy their lord or join his army and if they don't join his army the option is pretty much starvation at this point because a war is on and has been on and that's kind of like your best option in life is to actually join a military group and they, it's not a choice that they made and they don't fucking know anything about it, you know what I mean, other than rumors and stuff. But just because they have to have their allegiance with House Lannister doesn't make them House Lannister. And for her to recognize that, I think, is a really huge statement about her character. And I found it surprising that she wasn't with them this week in episode two. <laughs> And then I did fear that she had killed them or <laughs> done something haywire, mm. but it looks like it was just, you know, a one-time <laughs> thing, a one-time nice little pleasant moment. Yeah, and I do like the follow-up there. You know, she's like, I'm going to kill the queen, and she's, so she's not lying either. But they just think she's joking. And then when she's at the, the inn and Hot Pie tells her what's going on in the north, you do see her struggle for a second with the choice like do I keep going south for my vengeance or do I go home with the family I have left and if she was just some bloodlusted heathen she would have kept going south instead she turned north mm -hmm. you know I mean it just it frustrates me when I'm sure it's the same way like people get frustrated me when I just paint cat as like the villain and nothing's going to dissuade me from that. But it frustrates me when people talk about Arya as being like a psychopath or on that path uh, in life. Because I just don't see her that way at all. Yeah, see, I'd be much more interested in like Game of Thrones actors making a cameo on other things. Oh, yeah. Like, I know that Dan and Dave are really close with... Um, Fuck, I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's Rob McHenry. McHenry? Oh, he's yeah, the, the creator of It's Always Sunny. No, oh, sorry. He's, <laughs> the, uh, he's the creator of It's Always Sunny in yes. Philadelphia. Okay. And so in their, I think it was their season opener last season, um, Dan and Dave made a cameo. Oh. And like he usually hosts their Comic-Con panels and stuff because they're really, they're good friends. And so that I found really cheeky. But if, like, this It's Always Sunny cast were to make, like, obvious cameos on Game of Thrones, that would be silly. 
it's one thing if they're just gonna like throw them in makeup for a day and like have them be in the background. Like that's fine, you know what I mean. But to make it super obs is a little over the top. We'll see how they slip Tom Hardy in there. Oh yeah. <laughs> Not Tom Hardy. Why the fuck do I keep saying that? <laughs> God damn it! Not Tom Hardy. Conor McGregor. <laughs> Like, not even anywhere close to each other while they are both hot, I guess. <laughs> One of um, the people in work said that today, and I thought they said Ewan McGregor. They must have said the real name, and I was just thinking, what? Ewan yeah. McGregor's <laughs> Game of Thrones? Yeah, I don't know why I keep saying Tom Hardy. <laughs> I just always have Tom Hardy on my mind, apparently. And in terms of the, the big storylines, there was... Um, Sam, um, Sam's storyline, sort of like Groundhog Day meets Harry Potter, and then that was continued into <laughs> season, uh, sorry, the episode, um, the second episode, where he, oh, quite a revolting scene when he's performing an operation on Jorah. Yeah, what the fuck is happening this season with poor Sam? Like, okay, first of all, the poops were so gratuitous. Second of all, what are they trying to say about the passage of time? Like, I understand they're trying to show him, like, well, he's paying his dues. He's not just going to be, like, a maester right away, whatever. But, like, that scene, that whole montage to me, out of context, is have gone by. But then you look at, like, Euron Greyjoy still has that fucking cut on his cheek. That's, like, not even close to healing. And, like, uh, time in this show is whatever they want it to be, apparently. And so that's really frustrating. And But then Daenerys has had the time to come all the way to Dragonstone. Right. From, the, from fucking Slaver's <laughs> damn day. Do you know how far that is? <laughs> like, it's not just across the narrow sea, homies. Like, she's got to go south, way the hell around Valyria, through the summer sea, back up the narrow sea, and then to Dragonstone. Like, come on. Oh, and I love how that raven suddenly is in Winterfell. The raven that was sent by Daenerys to Jon Snow. Well, from Tyrion to Jon oh Snow. I, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little much. Like, And then, okay, so Cersei's hair has grown like an inch. So that's like a month. You don't know. She might just get it cut that way. Do you know what I mean, though? It's <laughs> like, come on. Like, it feels like, <sighs> okay, to get from Slaver's Bay to Dragonstone, that would take easily six months, right? Mm. And that's, like, if they're never becalmed for days on end, which is going to be, you know, a real blessing, but then, like, that cheek on home, like, that cut on homeboy's cheeks, pretty fresh. Like, it's healing, but it's not all the way healed. And a superficial cut like that, come on. It would heal more. Like, 
I don't know. It's just frustrating. It's really frustrating. So Balon cuts Euron's cheek the beginning of last season, right? Then the King's Moon happens. Then Yara <laughs> and Theon go to Slaver's Bay. And then they come back. So that's at least a year. So that timeline does not add up at all. Like Cersei's hair should be a good foot longer. That cheek should be a fucking faded scar for that to happen. Like they didn't catch like the East Australian current and just warp over there and then back. Like what the fuck, you know, (laughs) but that's kind of like what they're saying. I don't get it. Oh, and also, like, he builds how many damn ships? Oh, yeah. And that cut on still fresh. Like, it takes a while to build a boat. I'm no sea captain, but I can tell you it takes longer than that to build a boat, let alone a fleet of ships. How that small group of people built that many ships with so little resources, I'll never know. Yeah, dude. Like, okay, so then we're on Bear Island and there's ass loads of trees. That's where they would have had to gotten the trees from. Like, that whole thing should be raised. There's no way they had that many trees on the Iron Islands. And no one else is going to give them permission to come get trees. It's just ridiculous. Although I did like the way that silence looked. I thought that was pretty badass. I appreciated that depiction of the ship. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think that Cersei will care too much about... What do you think the plan is from Euron? Is the, the plan to use Yara as a hostage to get Tyrion or something else? So in the trailer for like he's in the third King's episode, Landing. yeah, and it looks like he's pulling them through a mob on ropes. So I'm gonna guess that he's making Yara and uh, Illyria do like a walk of shame type thing. Oh, okay. So at least she'll be able to get vengeance for Marcella from. Illyria. Oh, I never fought on that. I imagine it's going to go down something. I mean, Cersei's such a sick puppy that... It's like her whole thing with Tommen is that he banned trial by combat. I think she'll probably reinstate it and let Illyria do trial by combat and... She'll have her with the mountain and let the mountain go at her. It's just like the combination of the psychological torture of facing that man that like killed your lover. You know, kind of like the bear and Brienne kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, you have a chance to fight for your life, but like, obviously, there's no contest. (laughs) All right. I never thought on that that 
revenge for Marcella's death. But I still don't think that's like... Remember episode one when he said, I'll bring you back the greatest gift possible? It doesn't quite, I don't know, strike me as the greatest gift that he could bring back. Yeah, he said priceless. priceless so yeah. so I'm thinking I'm thinking like that's what they'll do with Illyria. And then, yeah, they'll probably try to use Yara's some sort of like bargaining chip. Um which also the first time I've ever thought about Fiend as a possibility of being the Valonqar, because he's little brother too, right? Yes, that's true. And and so he could potentially try to do some sort of rescue mission on Yara. You know, maybe he'll snap out of it and pull his shit together. As I said last week, the Valonqar could be anyone. Yeah. Possibly... A million different people could be the, the Valonqar. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll definitely have to see about that. Yeah, I'm not sure what his plan with with quote unquote Yara is gonna be. I fucking hate saying that name. It just drives me nuts. But then it's like, why would Tyrion give a fuck about Yara? <laughs> why would Daenerys? I mean, even though that he she does like her, it's like That's, not enough to give her up one of her dragons. Thing. <laughs> well, and the fleet is already toasted, so she's of no value anymore. In fact, it's almost like, great, you did me a favor, now I don't have to make any concessions with the Iron Islands. Sort your shit out. I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> I'm going to burn the mother down. So, yeah, I mean, we'll have to see what the deal is there. I I can't even really imagine. I, I think Elaria is definitely done. Uh, possibly trying to use Yara to get to Elena, I, like possibly. But Elena's not stupid enough to fall for something like that, so who cares? I don't know. Thoughts on seeing Nymeria again? Um. Eh. It didn't do a lot for me. Just the whole fact that they're not. Doing the war game with Arya is a bit of a frustration. So it really devalues the whole direwolf thing. Oh, true. And makes it just kind of... Like, whatever, okay, that's a thing, but it's not really a thing. And you don't want to waste your VFX budget having it go anywhere, so what the fuck's the point of that? It's just, yeah... Whatever. As, as, as soon as I did see the wolves, I did expect <laughs> to see Nymeria at some point, but f massive. Well, she was massive anyway. Well, I just think like the time for that came and went, right? I mean, that's a thing that happens way the hell back in like Clash for Arya. And she goes out to the woods to make a wee. And the pack comes up on her and then kind of leaves. And we know from the wolf dreams that that is Nymeria's pack and that's why they leave her alone. But I don't know. It's just why bring it back so late in the game if you don't want to do that. Just don't do that. It doesn't matter. I feel like there's some significance to it that Ghost and Nymeria are the only ones alive. But I don't know 
if they have plans to do anything with that because you know you've got the special effects budget and they've got tons of other actors to pay and stuff yeah i i know that so in that like episode recap <laughs> dan and dave were saying that it's a nod to when Ned is talking to her about being a lady. Oh, yeah, I remember. And then he goes like, oh, that's just not you. So it's Arya recognizing that Nymeria is not tame anymore and that's just not her. And it's okay. And I don't know, it just still seems so... Don't waste screen time with stuff like that anymore. Like, I was really disappointed in episode two. I thought that opener came out so strong this season. And so, you know, minimal exposition, just things are happening. And then episode two is like, oh, okay, we're back. Like, everything will take a million years, except for when it doesn't, when it's convenient for the plot and Raven's just move at the speed of light and <laughs> everything so something that <clears throat> that i find a bit jarring is just how easy they make it look for all these characters to meet so like you've got next week i'm, I'm guessing john and daenerys meeting up but then back when right. Tyrion and um daenerys met as well and it's like, oh, look how easy that was compared to when you see it written down in the books. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's so many dynamics that the show just can never replicate from the books. But with the show, it's like, why even go do any darn things at all? I mean, you have to get another location, you have to get new actors, and if you just wanted to have it be some one-off bullshit thing, just don't do it. You know, well, <clears throat> talking of Dorn, I know that a lot of people will be happy that the sand snakes are gone. <laughs> yeah, I could. Even when that happened, I thought, oh, the forums rejoice when <laughs> the sand snakes yeah. die. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mind them, but then I didn't think they added much to the show either. I found it really derivative. Yeah. And and just very cliche and comedic relief without being funny. It was a lot of other stuff was just so corny and it didn't fit. You know, it's like a square peg in a round hole with them. And that's not how the characters are in the books. Like, yeah, they want revenge for their father, but they're not just like mindless bloodlusting creatures you know what I mean they don't do anything on their own they are following Arianne they're not these out of control dumb sluts you know and so I just really felt like that was unnecessary and uncool especially given like the current climate of political correctness It just, it didn't add anything to the show. And in fact, it took away from a lot of it, you know. I did like the reunion with Hot Pie. Oh, yeah. I thought it was nice to see him again. And I do like how she's not looking him in the eye 
like she doesn't want to face her past or recognize like a member of her pseudo pack because it's just gonna pull her away from her mission and then at the end when he says like oh yeah your brother's king in the north that's when she looks up and that's when she decides like it's okay to go home you know it's okay to have hope still i never noticed that but that's a good spot i i did think what a I mean, you know, if you suddenly see a friend that you've not seen in years and then you don't just finish your drink and just leave, but then that's so television, like made-for-television type scene, like, oh, we don't have time to have a long discussion, then she's out, she's she has to go somewhere. Whereas if you meet some friend that you've not seen in a long time, you'll spend a bit of time with them. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's just, like, trying so hard to stay focused on her goal and not really let any of that factor in. And and then he drops that bomb, and she's like, oh. And starts to, like, rethink what her plans are. I'm also curious um, how in Season 6, Episode 1, that we actually see... Melisandre for who she is you know that 300 year old woman or whatever Um, so I wonder if that'll ever come up again like her true image yeah Yeah, and it also makes me wonder how that will play out in the books if that's a thing I know there's always been theories that have circulated about it I mean obviously something is up with her because she's this beautiful woman and she says that she was a slave she was branded and scourged and clearly she's not you know there's no mark of any scars on her face so she is clearly glamoring but what that looks like and what it means will be interesting to see it's sort of hard to see how they'll I mean, it's so weird to think we've only got five episodes left and they've still got so much to do. Yeah. How they'll even wrap up this season, but then they'll have to do it in a way in which six episodes is enough to wrap up the entire show. Yeah. I I can't even fathom it at this point. But yeah, that I guess uh, what you said about Alaria and Cersei, that's making me quite excited about next episode to see if that's true. Um, so like the trial by combat thing, because that's the sort of thing that I think that they could, well, in fact, they most likely will bring back and make use of of the mountain. Yeah. Um, I think it would be really neat to possibly if they do something like that and then Theon shows up to be the champion and then maybe is actually able to defeat the mountain or like even if Hilaria is like, <laughs> you know, cause Oberyn almost had him. He just got cocky, right? Oh yeah. I think and that's true. Um, o- Oberyn would have won 
if he wasn't too cocky. Yeah, so so we'll see what other factors might come into play if that is how it goes down. I just think that would be really kind of a neat way to end cap it if if the mountain fell in such an obviously stacked deck. You know, and it would help to add more paranoia and chaos to Cersei. Although talking, because she's tripping. <laughs> Although talking of Kyburn and Cersei, what do you make of this new contraption they've got? Yeah. Um. So that was one thing I really didn't like. It was the Balerian depiction? First of all, um, in the books you can walk through his jaws and Arya does. His jaws are open. And so I just didn't like that. And it's not big enough, so that kind of pissed me off. And, um... I don't know. I think... I think one way or another, probably Viserion is gonna die this season. There was some leaks that suggested it. And I just definitely think he's, of the dragons, the most dispensable. But that's, like, my concern is, are they going to try to go sack King's Landing first? Or is she going to take him north? And if he falls up there, will he become, like, a white dragon? Because hmm. that would be really fucked if that were a thing. Would definitely not help anyone out. So we'll see. I like that stuff to me is just it either is or it isn't gonna happen, you know. And how it will affect Danny ultimately is a mystery. I don't know. It kinda it's a little overwhelming to think about. Like, if you'd have told me going into last season that Summer was going to die, I'd have been like, no, <laughs> not. He's not. <laughs> but with the dragons, I feel like it kind of is a logical conclusion. She's going to have to take a hit, right? And she doesn't really have anything personally that would be as big of a hit, except for one of her dragons. I know that's true. I mean, drag. Uh, sorry, Summer and Shaggy Dog died both in the same season. Yeah. And it's sort of hard to imagine one of the dragons dying because it's all these parallels between Aegon's conquest and the free dragons. And they brought that up in this episode too, in episode two, mm -hmm. that she carry, she brings the same number of dragons as Aegon 300 years ago. Yeah. But I think that'll help her kind of break away from that identity, too, in the end. You know, like, you can knock her down, but she'll get back up. <laughs> <laughs> it, can't, it can't just be, like, just winning all the time, you know. She can't win so much we're going to get sick of winning. She's She's going to have to 
just her dynamics and storylines, something's going to befell her that's going to be bad. Oh, well, do you not remember like, when she I'm was captured little... by the, the the other Dothraki clan and she overcame that? Well, no, I know. And I mean, like, she did lose Drogo and she did lose her child and whatever, but she's... I, I feel like a dragon going down is in the cards. And if not, I feel like it's going to be something like Grey Worm or Miss Sandy. Oh, we never even talked about that. <laughs> oh, God, I don't want to. No, no, maybe not. <laughs> it's not. I think it's cute. Yeah, it's quite you sweet. Know. You know, I like it, but at the same time, I just, we're running out of time. I don't, <laughs> I don't need five minutes of that. <laughs> Sorry. It's meaningless. We get it. There's a romance. Moving on. But I am a little bit nervous for him for next week. There were some ominous shots of, like, he's sailing into Casterly Rock, and then there's a Dothraki, like, hitting the ground with an arrow or a spear. Or not a Dothraki, an Unsullied. Hitting the ground with, like, an arrow and a spear. And they have the helmet on, but it does look like it could be Grey Worm. And that would be an easy sacrifice to make. If it's going to be, like, Grey Worm or a dragon, obviously, like. Okay, I'll give up Grey Worm. He's had a good life. He's had a good run. <laughs> I know it's quite a high position for someone that was part of an unsullied clan. Yeah, I'm not saying that I want him to die or anything, but... I mean, you just... You can't have good storytelling without... Death. The protagonists having losses on their side. Yeah, true. So, I could see that happening. Other people I'm a little nervous for, like Pod. And uh, I'm all worried about Davos. Just because he's, like, my favorite. That's why I always think of the mountain and everyone views him as this unbeatable weapon that that's why I think what you're saying about the mountain being defeated is something that could happen so that would be... yeah I would definitely like to see that I don't know how that like could happen just because anatomically he doesn't seem normal <laughs> I'm guessing if you did behead him that would defeat him but then they could always put him back together yeah it's hard to tell what's gonna because un- like we don't know what Kyburn did to him so what would undo that you know um, I think it would be great if I don't know, at this point, I feel like they have kind of set it up for Theonix Machina, so... You know, it'd kind of be cheeky, I think, if they're, like, going to use that weapon he created, and then maybe Theon jumps in and 
redirects it at the last one or something. I don't know, but I'm I'm thinking he's probably up for it this season as far as being on the chopping block and hopefully dying in a redemptive way. Fion. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just think like they've totally set it up for that, right? He could come back at any moment and bring in the cavalry. So, you know, hopefully that's how he'll go down. Maybe saving some someone, you know, sacrificing himself. Which is it's a lot how I look at this book, Theon, even though he's in a much different place. I just feel like that'd be the natural resolution is character. He obviously is not going to be doing a lot of living, living it up <laughs> the way he is, but maybe he can find some redemption. And it reminds me of um, our conversation from last week when I was saying that um, they're setting up for the wall to fall this season, I think. Uh, so yeah. that would be an excellent end to this season for that to fall and then oh what's going to happen next and yeah and i'm definitely excited on like how exactly that's going to be like just a fissure is it going to shatter is it gonna you know what is going to happen i mean one um today my boss said oh that's where all the money went in that final scene from episode two <laughs> the, um, between the Ironborn. But I was like, no, uh, most of the money will go towards no. that end scene when the wall falls. Yeah, I I definitely think, sure, a lot of money right there. But like, OK, so they they have the ship um, in the paint hall in Belfast that they used for the Blackwater episode. They've just always kept it around and never taken that set down and they kind of use it as um, ways to do ships again and they just do like a different texture and different angles to shoot off. So um, the set itself they had, you know, so the only real money being invested in that is the the layering of the outside looks of it and stuff and like a few details changed but it's not like astronomical costs i would imagine i also wonder you know how episode nine has been like oh what's happening episode nine i wonder if that will now be episode six or maybe they'll just do something big for episode seven instead yeah and it's hard to tell because like they were saying that seven is going to be almost what 90 minutes or something. Yeah. And then I think six is supposed to be like 70 or something. So yeah, they, they never do like season ending cliffhangers, but I think if we were going to get one, it would probably definitely be this year. Right. There's so much shit they have to do. Right. Like, even even getting rid of, like, the Tyrells and Kevin and, you know, the High Sparrow last year. 
right. they did a lot of clearing the board, but they still have so many loose ends to tie up. Right, this reminds me of Ugly Betty, which I loved watching um, about six years ago. So when that was on, it was the final season of Ugly Betty, and they had so much storylines to tie up. There was only four episodes left, so they spent one episode where Betty imagines her life like she never had braces and it's like what was the mm. point in that episode you just wasted one of our final episodes on that when you could have tied up all the other loose ends of the stories yeah or like flashback episodes exactly flashback don't do that show episodes <laughs> well especially because that's like such an outdated deal because you can just binge watch shit now Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it was one thing, okay, when Friends did it, because, yeah, unless you recorded the episodes on tape, you or bought the VHS sets or the DVD sets, you wouldn't have it all fresh in your mind. So it's one thing, right? But nowadays it's so outdated. That's one, one thing I like about, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the show called Raising Hope. It is by the same people who did, like, My Name is Earl. Oh, right. I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's so it was such a great show on Fox. Um and it was like originally on a Tuesday night and then um like at the end of the third season they moved it to Friday night. So just it never did very well anyway, and then they totally killed it by moving it to a Friday night. Um and so in one of their final episodes, they kinda did like a flashback episode, but not a true flashback episode they didn't actually do flashbacks they just like talked about old storylines and in like joking ways almost making fun of that technique so i really appreciated that i love the ones where they do flashbacks or well yeah they do flashbacks but it's not like things we've seen before it's actual flashbacks of or it might be different angles from the same thing that we've already seen. So there's, right. it's not lazy where they're just recycling clips from earlier shows. They're actually filming this, this content. So that's one thing that I like if they if they have to yeah. do it at all. Well, and I don't mind flashback episodes if it's like in the middle of a series that's not ending. That's fine, you know. But yeah. It's just don't waste time on stuff like that. That's my thing with like these silly sex scenes now. It's, you know, it started off as being, okay, it's intriguing. Don't get me wrong. I'm a sexual person. I like seeing people getting down. I love it. But you've got a lot of work to do, Game of Thrones. Let's knock it off with this shit already. Like, Or that scene... That five-minute scene between Varys and Daenerys, which could have been shortened, or well, they didn't even need to do it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Dragoncast was saying, um, you know, it was just so like it felt late. It felt like wouldn't you have had this conversation when you first fucking got there? Like, if you're gonna question his loyalty, why wait till you get home to do that? It. Adam was saying he felt like it was a scene that was written for season six or five, and then they didn't use until now. 
it felt really out of place. I can agree with him there. <laughs> but I guess they... And it all seemed so clunky the way it was done. But then I suppose... I don't know, maybe it's just because like we're coming from reading the books so we know already mm -hmm. so we don't need this explanation but this is for the benefit of people that are watching the show so they do need it but then it seems weird when you see it on screen you know the prince well there's other promised. things that are so yeah like oh my god shut up <laughs> duh hello i mean that's to me so obvious and and that was unnecessary and just shut up like, and she needs to learn, okay? Stop telling people that they're the prince that was promised. You need to just give the ghost step there, lady. You're, you're not good at this. Like, just stop it, you know? And exactly. then there's, like, there's other clunky things, like, to me, in season six... The whole stupid thing, and I know there's like so many memes about it, um, where Sansa's like, you had a war council and you didn't even ask my opinion. He's like, what do you want me to do? And she's like, I don't know. Stop trying to force rifts. Like, God damn it. Haven't they, if they don't need to fight each other like that, it's, I'm done with that. <laughs> thing. I lose my fucking mind. I'm so over it. <laughs> Love the actor. I think he does a great job. But for fuck's sake, get rid of him. Which actor? It's just obnoxious. Um, his name's Aiden Gillian. Oh yeah, yeah. He Little finger. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like he's so just it's obtuse at this point. <laughs> he's so snidely whiplash and it's like hell fucking oh why doesn't anyone cut his head off like he's clearly up to no good everyone knows it knock it off like just just cut the shit with him already I'm so tired of it it's getting to the point where I don't care like I don't care if Sansa lives or dies I don't like anything that they've done with her character. I, she's not a character that I really like to begin with. And then the changes from the book to the show with her have just made it so much worse. She is a ridiculous person. And then they have the audacity to say like, oh, she's a strong woman. No, she's not. She's a manipulative, whiny little piece of clay waiting to be molded by a man that is not a strong woman anyone that has cersei as a role model is not <laughs> anyone that we should right that was so with. random oh that was so stupid i know i didn't get that it's like <laughs> for such a well-made show you know that has such golden source material they are just making some world-class blunders at this point and I don't get why. It's like they're really phoning it in on some aspects of the show. And I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why this is happening. Or who is sitting there going, that's a great idea. <laughs> Let's film it. 
you know? Like, how has no one been like, you guys were really jumping the shark? Maybe we don't want to do that. <laughs> well, they don't get a damn. They've got like 10 million people. Well, sorry, worldwide, maybe like 30, mil- 30 million people that watch it all the time. I guess. Well, and I guess it just goes to show what happens when they are left to their own devices and don't have the book material to go off of. It just isn't as good. <laughs> it's, it's of a different caliber altogether. Yeah, Sansa's character to me is just... ugh. Like, I literally am to the point where I roll my eyes every time she's on screen. Which which is sad, because the actress that plays her is a wonderful actress. You know, it's not that she's doing a bad job, it's that they have fucked her character arc up completely. You know, it's just a mockery. It does make me sad, because Sansa's one of the... Like, my favourite POV chapters in the books. But then it's like, when she's... When I see her on screen, it's like I don't really care about this storyline. I don't really care much about her and John together interactions or yeah. whatever's happening there. Yeah, and just why are they trying to force this conflict between so stupid? It doesn't make any sense. And it is just like, shove it down my throat. Great. I love this. It's like... They don't need any more conflict. There is enough fucking conflict. You know? Is it not to... Well, is it not to do with the younger queen that will overthrow Cersei? That... So everyone thought it was... Well, Cersei thought it was Marjorie. And then... We're all thinking that it's Daenerys, but it could actually be Sansa. So that's why they're, you know, elevating her status. Well, I mean, but that's like always been a possibility, right? True. I mean, if... I mean, for fuck's sake, that that could be anybody. You know, that as far as the books go, it could be Marcella, it could be Asha... If she does end up being Queen of the Iron Islands, I mean, it could be anybody. It could. So that's like, I don't, I don't put a lot of stock in Sansa living to the end of the books Ooh. either. And if she does, I just want her to like go off with the Hound and be like a Miller's wife, <laughs> just live a quiet, alone and away from things. But yeah, as far as her character in the show, it's like I'm just sick of it. I'm done with Peter and his bullshit. There's enough going on. We don't need any more of that. Cut it out. It's it's really time that the show needs to trim the fat. You know, and those are things that Unless you just want to keep the actors around for contractual reasons, but do a better job. I mean, be better at writing, you know, 
don't make it so obvious. Like, I'm so sick. If I see one more shot of him sinisterly smirking in the shadows and letting his puppets dance, I'm going to blow my head off. I'm done with it. <laughs> like, act- actually have him in the shadows. Like, that would be suspenseful. That would be, oh, whoa. And instead, it's just this predictable nonsense that one reason I love the show was like, it wasn't like that. And now it just is becoming that. So it's frustrating. Like season, sorry, episode two really frustrated me. Cause I was going to do dragon cast with them and I was on for like 30 minutes and they had me do my lemon cake and I'm like, I don't know a two. I just don't care enough about it. (laughs) I was so upset. Like at first while I was watching it, I liked it. And then like Varley, came on the thread and was like I already hate this fucking episode and I kind of went like why and then but then I started thinking about it I'm like oh I I know why because it was nothing it was virtually meaningless there's like some good things and the rest of it was just by the numbers and it, it just not why I fell in love with the show at all and so by the time we got to recording the episode on Monday, I was like so worked up about it, you know, and I was, it was, it was hot as hell in my house. I wasn't feeling well. So I just kind of like, I, t- I was like, I'll be back in a little while because I was going to lay down for a bit in front of my fan. And then I just ended up falling asleep and not caring to go back on the episode. And I felt kind of bad, but so is this I told them a- like, you can just cut all of me out. You know? Is it still a two for you? Yeah, possibly even lower. I mean, it just is, to me, it was so, especially contrasted with how strong I felt the opener was. It was just bad. It's just not great writing and not amazing storytelling. And it's so, some characters are just spinning their wheels and I'm, you know, seven years in, I'm just tired of that. It It's starting to be draining. So I'm hoping this weekend they'll bring it back up and things will, will change and start moving forward a little more. And I can kind of see like, okay, you come out of the gate really strong with the first episode and then you got to calm it down in the second and third, just because otherwise it's going to be up, 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 up. You know what I mean? You can't ratchet all the way up to the season finale or you won't have a eighth season left. Right. But at the same time, there's just some things that need to really pump the brakes. And to me, it's like the conflict with John and Sansa, the whole snidely Peter Baelish you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm sick of it. It's funny that you mentioned that because I was in this, this training course um, a few days ago and it was, the trainer brought that up. So she was talking about conversations, how, like, the, because I work in a call center, she was talking about um, conversations that the first, well, the intro to the call and then the ending to the call are the most important because those, those are the parts that will really make an impact and the the person you're talk to, talking to will remember. So that's where she compared it to Game of Thrones where you start off with this explosive episode where a lot happens and then 
then they gear up towards the end where a lot of exciting things happens towards the end whereas in the middle there's some I guess the episodes aren't as good because not much happens in them it's setting up for right. the end yeah so I mean I guess maybe that's what's happening I know you have to have peaks and valleys right or it's just going to be one big tsunami but still, just some parts of it are incredibly frustrating to me at this point, you know. Not, I'm not even going to go into the whole fucking everything they're butchering with Jamie's character. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. Don't get me started. We'll be here for another two hours. <laughs> no, better end anyway. Well, Sunday fun day. We'll see what happens. We shall see. <laughs> Thanks for joining, Hannah. And thank you for everyone that listens. Yeah, thanks, Glenn, for hosting and doing all the legwork. I've got my fingers we'll crossed see next week. when we hang hang up the phone that the, there will be a nice recording that's an hour and 50 minutes. Yeah. And I'm knocking on wood. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, good night. I was going to see, um, what were your thoughts towards update from Mr. Martin? Oh, I haven't seen any. Was it today? It was a few days ago. <laughs> it was it was basically a copy and paste from his 2016 blog, you know, the 1st of January one. Yeah. So a lot of the words were very similar to what he had written then. Well, I mean, I can definitely see, like, why the no pages one is stupid because there's like what 12 12 chapters that chapters we can read out, right now you know? yeah. so there's something but come on <laughs> <laughs> what what do you expect us to do i know i was i was sort of thinking that's not an up i want real a real update like i'm i don't know 70 percent done yeah something just tell us the truth, George. But then I suppose... Tell us the truth. I suppose if he had written... Oh, I've written 300 <laughs> pages so far. <laughs> we would all be sort of depressed right now. Yeah, if he's like, I've read, I've written 12 chapters. <laughs> and you've read them. I'm working on 13. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I have the utmost respect for this man. He's done something that very few people can do, which is create something that is so epic and intricate and not ridiculous you know he's an artist but i do feel like you've made a commitment to the public and you need to work toward fulfilling it you know i agree on a smaller scale when i was doing my dissertation for my final year of university i procrastinated so much on that and just kept delaying things and then by eventually i couldn't even finish it couldn't even start it actually in the beginning and that's just like a small scale project where like yeah 70 pages is good <laughs> whereas he has to write over a thousand my my thing though is like with something smaller scale like that you know you're either like given a prompt or you need to come up with one for yourself and then it's it's all new this is the sixth one in something that he's been working on for over 20 years and he's said many times I know how it's going to end. I have it all in my head. So 
get it out of your head and stop <laughs> distracting yourself. And That's like my only thing. Yeah, it wouldn't be frustrating if I felt like, and I understand, like, you've got to make the rounds. You know, he is a public figure. You know, he, he part of his income is going to be making appearances. I don't, you know, fault him for that. But it's like with the wild card stuff. And I, okay, and I understand he did that first. But that's not really your bread and butter or what made you famous. You know what I mean? Like, and, and just my whole thing with it is like, finish it, get out from underneath it. If you're having trouble finishing, push through and be done with it. And then you can do whatever the fuck you want. Because I understand like that pressure too is probably not helping. <laughs> it's, it's so weird because George R. R. Martin will write us about, oh, I'm still months away from finishing the book and everyone will go into meltdown and rant about it for days. But then I was just in a team meeting today and people brought up Game of Thrones. A few of them have watched the latest episode. But then I was, so I brought up, oh, the author has sort of pissed off a lot of his fans recently, but it's like, no one bats an eyelid. We were talking on, um, I don't know, we were doing something with Adam and then he, he split it into a different episode because it, it was basically just like a long ass after show. Oh, yeah. I think it was like the seven, season seven yep. like preview cast. And we got in and talking about it. And I'm like, I feel so bad for the people who have been reading it since it came out. And I don't blame them for just being like, I don't fucking care anymore. I don't want to hear about it. Because I've only been in this world for a couple of years and it's driving me fucking nuts (laughs) although at the same time like when i read the wicked series by um uh, gregory gregory mcguire Mm -hmm. like waiting for um a line among men and then out of oz was like so hard and i i thought a line among men was like okay and then I was so excited for Out of Oz to come because he said it was the last one. So I thought, okay, for sure he's going to like wrap this up in a nice little bow. And because for me, what that series was like, um, I'm a huge fan of um, C.S. Lewis and yes. the Chronicles of Narnia. And I, since I was like a teenager, I read them probably once a year. I love them. And they are wrapped up really nice. And so for me... The Wicked Years was like an adult version of that, like a more graphic, realistic sort of fantasy telling. And I was like shocked when I read Out of Oz and there was like all these questions they still had. And I was like, fuck you. I waited four years for this damn book. Like, <laughs> I pre-ordered it and everything. I was so excited. <laughs> and then I remember being really disappointed. So I'd rather have him... You know, I'd rather wait another 10 years if I had to, as long as he doesn't fuck it up, you know, like if it came out tomorrow and it was subpar, I'd be really angry. But at the same time, the wait is just like, oh, God, it's like Ulysses getting home. It's never going to fucking happen. I've had experiences where I've liked an artist and then once their album comes out, it's still awful. (laughs) And well, it's not as good as the last one. And it's like, you've had more time to do this one. And then it's like, what was the point? You're going to release something, you know, average at best. Yeah. Oh, I feel the same way. I was really, that happened to me with Korn. Like when they came out with Paradigm Shift and there's all this hype, like, oh, heads back. And this is the best thing we've done musically. And I fucking hated (laughs) it. Like. I absolutely hated it completely. They're like, we're getting back to that original corn sound. I'm like, no, you're fucking not. You're tripping balls. Like, 
and I, I think it's great. Like Jonathan Davis as an artist has like evolved emotionally and worked through some of his issues, but it's not why I liked Corn, and I just hated that album. And I know a lot of people like it took them a while to get into it. Now they're really into it, and they're big Corn fans. And I'm just like, no, nah, I don't want it, hear it at all. <laughs> but it also reminds me of a series of unfortunate events that ended with such an anticlimax. There was all these quests going into it. There's 13 books. So by the time you've read the 12th book, you've got all these questions in your mind, and then you get to the 13th book. All it does is give you more questions that are unanswered. Yeah, see, that shit drives me yeah. nuts. I'm like, to me, some I know that there's a school of thought where people appreciate that. And we talk about it all the time, you know, in-house man Woody had, they're like, well, I don't really feel like I need an answer to that. And I do. I'm like, why raise the question? That That is how real life is. And I understand there's some people that appreciate it because it's realistic. But that's not why I read. I don't. I don't read nonfiction. I read fiction because I want to escape from reality. I don't need more of the shittiness of real life. I want something that is fantasy. I want a dream. And so I don't mind when everything is wrapped up nice and tight. Even if it's not like a strictly happy ending, I don't like to be left with questions and then have people go like, oh, well, that's the point. No, it's not the (laughs) fucking point. 